Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. Thanks for joining us today. This week, I continue this series on taking care of yourself during times of crisis. The stories that come from this series all happened to me almost 20 years ago when Pedro had cancer. Today's topic is how to take care of yourself physically during a crisis. 135. Pedro's raspy voice held a note of despair. I could scarcely understand him as he struggled to speak with lips that didn't move. The cancer cells had attacked the muscles of his face, making it impossible for him to smile and difficult to talk or eat. What about 135? I asked. That's what I weigh. Oh, I glanced down at my ever-expanding figure. I'd need to run to Old Navy and buy a larger size of pants today. While Pedro looked like an extra for Schindler's List, I looked, well, more substantial. I had avoided the scales the last time I'd made a flying visit home because I knew they'd tell me a frightening story. For the first four months of Pedro's cancer, I had maintained my regular exercise routine. I ran four mornings a week and walked the other three. Eating healthfully at home or in the hospital cafeteria posed no problem. I may have gained a pound or two, but ever since he'd relapsed and ended up in California, things had changed. His status had gone from typical cancer patient to patient in crisis to patient circling the drain. Cancer in Bozeman and cancer in California looked like two different beasts. In California, I had no place to exercise. At least, that's what I told myself. In California, I couldn't find healthy food quickly. At least, that's what I told myself. In California, I didn't have time for long runs over windswept hills or fixing a salad at the hospital salad bar. At least, that's what I told myself. The focus of my life narrowed to helping Pedro stay alive just one more day. I spent about 22 hours a day in his hospital room. At night, I slept on a lumpy chair that folded out into a cot. When nurses woke him to take his vitals, I woke up too. Between lack of sleep, a poor diet, and no exercise, unless you count walking up 11 flights of stairs once a day while hefting a venti latte, I knew exactly why I had to buy new clothes all the time. How are you doing? People would ask. Fine, I'd reply. Obviously, I could handle this. Their looks of pity said otherwise. Times of crisis cause us to narrow our focus and eliminate everything that seems extraneous. I quit reading books. I stopped exercising. I ate whatever I wanted to. And I refused most offers of help not wanting to burden anyone else. Basically, I forgot to take care of myself. I didn't forget. I felt that self-care fell into that extraneous category. It didn't. I didn't see the connection between my health and having the resources to help my husband. The consequences lingered for years. I finally had the courage to step on the scales the month after Pedro returned from his stem cell transplant. We had swapped weights. At the start of cancer, he weighed 195 pounds. At the end of cancer, I weighed 195. 
His lowest weight equaled my before cancer weight. Cortisol and stress played a huge part, pardon the pun, in my weight gain. But failing to exercise and eat well played an equal part. Stress produces cortisol and cortisol makes us gain weight. By failing to take care of myself, I exacerbated my stress and elevated my cortisol levels. Fortunately, I learned to take care of myself between the two big crises in our lives. When Sarah went through a mental health crisis that no one in the family expected, I knew the value of taking care of myself. I continued to exercise. In fact, I exercised more because I knew that walking would help me process my emotions. Instead of turning to chocolate, I turned to my camera and spent more time photographing beauty. These tips will help you take care of yourself during the current COVID-19 crisis or any crisis that may arise in your life. Hack number one, now is a great time to start. Don't put off starting an exercise program. Yeah, I know. All the exercise programs say to consult your doctor first. Doctors have so much going on that they don't have time to consult with you. Don't give yourself excuses. Unless a doctor has already told you not to walk, you can start with that. An exercise program simply means a schedule or strategy. I'll leave a resource on the show notes from UC Berkeley. Having goals and a schedule help us deal with disruption. So go ahead and schedule in daily exercise. If you already have an exercise routine, add to it. As a teacher, I usually get about two miles of walking done in my classroom each day. To mitigate my loss, I walked two miles after lunch in addition to my morning routine of high-intensity interval training workouts and running. Hack number two, start a socially distant competition. Both Fitbit and Apple Watch have a competition component built right in. Daily competitions for steps, move calories, or exercise minutes will keep you motivated. Let me know if you'd like some friendly competition. I have an Apple Watch and I'd love to connect and compete. Apple Watch competitions don't require that you compete for the same goals. Exercise tracker competitions, virtual running events, or virtual swimming events provide a way to connect with others during a time when we need to stay separate from them. Hack number three. Commit to taking care of yourself. What we schedule, we do. Schedule in self-care and you'll discover you have time for it. Use this time of disrupted routines to form a new habit and to actually schedule it into your day. In fact, experts suggest that starting a new exercise routine or habit during a major change in your life might help you stick to it better. The experts had vacations in mind, not COVID-19. But the concept remains the same. Hack number four, model physical self-care. You may not go on long solitary runs, but you can invite your family to learn about self-care by joining you. After Pedro's cancer recovery, we started a habit of walking together every evening. Our daughters often joined us. Exercising together as a family provides not only exercise, but strengthens family bonds and conflict resolution skills. In addition to walking, we also went mountain biking, canoeing, cross-country skiing, and dirt biking together as a family. Because of past knee injuries and neuropathy caused by cancer, Pedro doesn't run, but the girls and I enjoy running together, and every few years, we do a race together. If the weather doesn't cooperate, you can always have dance parties with your kids or do workout videos together. Find an old Richard Simmons video on YouTube and get sweating to the oldies. 
your kids might die laughing. Or join Beachbody On Demand. For $99 a year, you can have access to dozens of great workouts. Sean T. is one of my favorite workout leaders. Hack number five, plan your menu. The concept of just running to the grocery store evaporated when the coronavirus started shopping hysteria over toilet paper. In early March, I could go to our local Safeway and the only change involved markers on the floor to keep patrons separated during checkout. Now, everyone in our state masks up before grocery shopping, which I'd rather do than wait in long lines to get in. I'm much less inclined to go out nowadays, so making a menu before I shop makes sense. You can make menu planning a family affair. Challenge your kids to find healthy recipes and teach them how to prepare their choices. Explain that fueling our bodies with healthy things shows we respect and love ourselves and want to take care of ourselves. I'll leave links to healthy, inexpensive, plant-based recipes in the show notes, which you can find at anitaojeda.com, S-C-H-0-1-6. That's A-N-I-T-A-O-J-E-D-A dot com forward slash S-C-H-0-1-6. When you take care of yourself physically in times of crisis, you have bigger reserves to draw on each day. Your body will thank you for investing in self-care, even though the rest of the world seems to be falling apart. So don't forget this week's hacks. Number one, now is a great time to start. Hack number two, start a socially distant competition. Hack number three, commit to taking care of yourself. Hack number four, model physical self-care. Hack number five, plan your menu. Come back next week when I talk about how to take care of yourself spiritually during a crisis. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at anitaojeda.com or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.